Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is Mosaic Shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Welcome back to the Mosaic Garden. This is Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. We're very glad you're joining me today here in the garden because we're going to be talking about in search of inner peace. I mean, that peace that makes you feel like you belong, that you can function, move forward, and live an inspiring life. How often have you asked yourself for that peace? Just to be free, to be able to breathe, to be connected, and wanting to have that chaos that's going on all around you just to stop so that you can feel centered and connected. I just came back from a training um, that I did this weekend as I continue my growth and learning, which I'm always doing and as part of living an inspired life is to continually reach out and be teachable and learn something new. So when I came back from this training, I was really brought to an awareness of how important it is to look at the hierarchy of Maslow's Law of Hierarchy. Now, if you're not familiar with Maslow's Law of the, the Pyramid of the Hierarchy, it's a pyramid, and it starts, has five steps that move you up to the top, starting with your needs, the need to have shelter, food, just to know that you're safe, that, that need to have survival, that you can have your needs met. Um, if, if that part's missing, then you can't even move up the hierarchy, which unfortunately in a lot of countries that part does miss, is missing, that people are seeking just to actually make sure that they can have a roof over their head, stay dry, have shelter, and eat, have clean water. But most of us here on the radio are able to have that structure put into our lives, that basic needs. Once you have those basic needs met, then you move up to the second rung. So if you had this pyramid drawn out, which I have on a paper here, you would have the bottom part would have one line, and then there would be another, and there would be five lines going up to the pyramid top. So visualize that. And here we're looking at the first line being needs. The second part of the pyramid is structure. The need for order, purpose, knowing that um, you are here for creation, that you are making a contribution, and that structure of a routine, having something in place that um, helps you with your creation. Then the next rung would be belonging, community, society, friends, family, knowing that you belong. Then you move up to achievement of success, having that success, moving forward, creating new things, and seeing the success from that come back. The top of the pyramid is teaching others, teaching others what you have learned. Now, this hierarchy went hand-in-hand with the foundation of living an inspired life that we've been talking about, the four elements of awareness, education, action, and support. These are the cornerstones for living an inspiring life. What I learned at this workshop is made a lot of sense to me because as I move forward and I'm getting the achievement and I'm starting to teach others, sometimes things aren't all coming together the way I need them to be and I can't quite understand. It's like I feel like 
at times I'm hitting a wall and I don't know how to move forward. Have you ever felt that in your life? You felt like I am doing all the things that I need to. All sorts of cool things are coming in my life for creation, but I just can't seem to get that mid-scene piece connected where it all clicks. Well, what's happened to our society right now is we have no order and purpose. That order has been taken out in this chaotic structure of people not following along with the proper order of even how we treat one another or how we speak to one another or that order that was set up of respect. And uh, we can see it in our, in our political lives right now. We can see it on the television. We can see it everywhere. That structure of um, having an orderly purpose is missing as well as the belonging, that piece of belonging. Never before in the history of the planet have we had more connections to more people all over the world, the ability to connect to them through um, electronics, the being able to fly. You can be in one country and six hours later in another country. Um, I used to say you could play playing golf and then you could be skiing in, in the same day. So never have we had that much opportunity to do that and be connected. Yet we have the highest suicide rate that's ever been out there. And it's going through, mostly now it's moving to people in their 50s, which really concerns me. And I can see the reason for that because as a person starting over, I can totally understand how scary that can be to start over. Now, whether you're in your 20s starting over or you're in your 50s starting over, it doesn't matter, or 70s or 80s and 90s, it's the same kind of fear of not being able to succeed at this. And that sense of belonging, feeling like that you belong, is gone. Why are people so lonely? Why are people feeling less connected and lonely? Maybe that's because we aren't connecting one-on-one and talking and sitting in family structures and circles anymore. That might be part of it. But when you have those two pieces taken out of the hierarchy, it's going to collapse. There is no way that you can move up and create what you want in a, in a successful part and teaching when you've missed the elements of those two steps. You can't skip them. So we're going to go back and we're going to look at that. We're going to look about um, this week we're going to talk about the order. And then next week we'll talk about the stories we tell ourselves about not belonging. So let's talk about order and organization not wanting to see what is really going on in the moment. And these are things that are going to bring peace, inner peace into your life. When you can have that hierarchy structure and moving forward, then you can have that inner peace. Because when you're waking up all the time wondering how things are going to come together and how this is going to work and not knowing how, how to move forward, then you're going to be stuck in this place of not having peace. So that order relates to the, the foundation structure, the five elements and principles of awareness. The awareness, to see the truth. Now, important to, to go in and look at the truth of what is in your life right now and where you are, it's important to go to this without the ego, without that judgment of right, wrong, good, bad. It's looking and finding what we were talking about a couple episodes ago, the loving parent. That non-judgmental parent. Now, you may not have had any reference to a non-judgmental loving parent, and you may have, but, but you can now become a non-judgmental loving parent. That is, we talked about looking with, with a child when they're learning to walk. You don't just scream at them because they can't. You know there's a process. So being kind to yourself and understanding from a non-judgmental loving parent that you are where you are right now. But to look at that and write it and see where you are is the only way you're going to move out of there to where you want to be. 
And people that are moving and living in successful life are actually looking at what they want to do. Let's take weight, for instance. If you want to lose weight and you're not happy where you are, if you don't get on the scale and see the numbers and look at where you need to move from, and you just pretend it's not there and you continually sit on the couch and, and, and not and live a, a life with no activity, then you're just going to gain more and more weight. And before you know it, you're going to be weighing two or 300 pounds perhaps and wondering how you got there. And that is because you didn't look at where you were to come to that point. So what I want you to think about is looking at the awareness of where you are right now because that's where you're going to move forward. Now, the reason it's so hard to go into what, you want as because you've got to come away from what you don't want and that is your past you have this past behind you and that past seems familiar it seems true it may even seem safe even though it's not because you have some evidence to go on now when you're moving forward into a new life of what you want there is no evidence there it's unfamiliar there's questions there's doubt there's a feeling that it's fake and so a lot of people hesitate. They, they start believing in lacked and victimhood that they can't move forward because they're afraid of that. They're afraid that that moving forward will put them in a position that they don't want to be in. And the fear of that will stop them from moving forward. So what we have to do is create something that the brain can wrap itself around that can look real. We have to take and retrain the brain to think of it different. You see that there is some evidence that this can happen. And that can come, you, it can come back from you're creating this um, story of, well, I want to be here, so how do I get there? And you can look at your past and say, well, I know this didn't work. You can look at people around you. You can see that those are in the place that you are now that aren't getting what they want, and you can use that as evidence to, like, this is going to take me here if I continue on this path. And then you can create the story in your head and, and dream and visualize what you'd like it to be. And then you can also go out and talk to people, people that are getting that, people that are moving in to that place you want to be. You go out and you interview them. You ask them, how did they get there? And then you write that down so the brain can see that there's a direction, there's an order, there's a structure on how to get there. Then you can be and act as if you have this in your life. You can pretend it's there, even if it's not really there. That was the biggest thing that I had to learn when I was working through this, is that it may seem fake until it comes to reality that it is real. Until you build a new story based on the new experience and making it real, be patient. You may go back into the old story. Um, just be honest and aware you are there. Remember the five chapters that we talked about? The first chapter is getting in the hole and being mad and angry and yelling at people that you're in that hole. Well, just be aware that the second chapter was that you pretended the hole wasn't there and then fell into it. And the third one is you knew the hole and you went in it anyway. The fourth one is you skirted along the side of it. And the fifth one is we take a new path. You take a new path into a, a new place. So, and how do I know about this? How do I know what this is like? That um, sometimes you can be going along the path and not get to you want, and maybe you'll even go backwards. That's because I'm on this journey with you too. I have gone backwards. I have moved forward in my life 
and created this life through meditation and having these daily practices. And then they, it seemed like, well, everything's going really well. Why do I need to do those things anymore? And as soon as I stopped doing them, I went backwards. But I knew I was there and I was aware of it. It's not that I don't make mistakes in my life. It's that I'm aware of where I'm at at the time. And that's what an inspired person does. They don't live a life free of ever making any mistakes or having challenges. They just are aware of where they're at each time, know where they want to go, relate it to where they do not want to go, making those lists and seeing this is where I don't want to go, this is where I do want to go, and being aware of both of those and then making the choice to step into what works to move forward. It is always a choice. It was always a choice. Then one of the things inspiring people do, besides being honest about where they are and where they want wish to go, is they get a mentor and a coach. Someone will guide you and hold you to be accountable for your growth. And for your growth, they keep you where you need to be. And they coach you about where to go and where to move forward. Now, it is really important to look at these mentors as people that are getting to where you want to be for your growth. And it's important to realize you can invest in yourself. This declares to the universe that you're ready and change can happen. This is the next step of education. So if you go to soulhealerspath.com, I can show you and explain to you through the life coaching how this works. There are the four directions on the medicine wheel we will work through. There's the serpent path, which is awareness. The element of earth is a one-month program. It is um, get daily texts to move forward. It's checking in for accountability. It's one weekly email where you get action steps. Each one of these programs in my coaching program is adapted to your own personal needs, what you need to know and what you need to actions to move forward. There's a description that is basic, but each one is working one-on-one with you. There's a 30-minute phone call or Skype appointment to guide you through meditation. Then there's a Jaguar path, which is education. This is the water, the action steps here, uh, education that calls in about the applications to be used in creating change, the letting go and receiving process. And there are tools and techniques that are used here to move forward. Then there is a shaman release session that comes with that. And then the hummingbird is a course that takes you, that moves you into applying to taking action to your life. It's about taking what you have, learn, and applying it to get out and move and have a new voice and new experiences. There's two schematic healings in that, and it's a two-month-long program. The Eagle's Path is a support group of air. It comes from the air element. This is about creating community and forming groups. You're going to teach and share and create an abundant business from this group. Now, you don't have to follow this path. Exactly. You can pick which one helps where you're at right now. Wherever you are in your progress right now is where you would go and sign up to be in the coaching program. Now, this is at soulhealerspath.com. Someone said the other day they didn't hear that right. So it's S-O-U-L-H-E-L-E-R-S-P-A-T-H.com where you can go in and look at these coaching projects packages and and you go into soulhealerspath.com and you go to coaching and then you pick the package just where you're at right now to move you where you want to be and then I will walk this path with you I get a coach I hire someone to help me along because if I want to live an inspired in life I have to have a mentor and a coach as well my coach has a coach so my coach makes roughly 600,000 a year she's moving into the million dollar bracket her coach makes one million and a half a year 
He's moving into $2 million bracket. And then he has a coach who makes over $10 million a year. So I want you to look at the pattern here. By getting a coach that is doing what you want to do, you achieve where you want to be. And they are always getting coaches to move forward as well because that's part of the growth, creating a world that grows. As my clients grow, I grow. So go to soulhealerspath.com and sign up today for life coaching programs. Now, we're going to talk about having inner peace, and I'm bringing a wonderful guest on today. Her name is Dia Top. Um, Dia grew up on a, a farm in northern Illinois where she was spent her youth barefoot and happy. She was a gymnast in college, and she learned leadership and management skills from that. And then she went to school and an associate's degree in archa- an architectural firm and started working for an architectural firm. Then she decided to start her own business, and it was called Dia M. Top Interiors. And she became an award-winning designer, um, specializing in high-end residential design. And she did this from a one-bedroom apartment. And then she went on to decide that she wanted to have a less complicated life. And she wrote a book called Complicated by Design. What she became aware of after being in the design business is that the urban wealthy, she woke up working for the urban wealthy, wealthy, realizing that we spend more time designing our living spaces than our lives. So it's going to be really fun to talk to her. She'll be on right after the break. So stay tuned and we'll, we'll be right back with you. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers, but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you may send an email to healingart.com. Dot kp at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to the Mosaic Garden. My guest today is Dia Top. She is the author of Complicated by Design. She has an interesting background in interior design where she has succeeded very well in that business and then started to look at life and as a how could she live it more less complicated? And what I really liked is that she sent to me that we we woke she woke up and realized we spend more time designing our living spaces than our lives. And quite frankly, there are easier ways to light up than a five thousand fifty thousand dollar chandelier. What a great way to look at life, Dia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Christy, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I I've been looking at the um, things about what you've been accomplishing in your life, and I see that you took some great leaps of faith. So first of all, I would like to ask, what fears did you have to face into going on your own and starting your own business in the first place? Oh, wow, great question. I When I left college, I moved to Florida, to Sarasota, where I still am at now, and I went to work for an architectural firm. And at the end of the first year there, they came to me and they said, because there was a a threat of a moratorium in the area where they were going to halt building because the infrastructure wasn't keeping up with it. Um, And it hadn't taken place, but just the threat of it, uh, you know, was like almost like the economy turned downward um, in the building industry. So the partners of the firm said, okay, Dia, we'd love to keep you on, but we'd like you to do, you know, interior design work part of the time while you're here and be the receptionist part-time. And after going to school uh, and getting my degree, I decided, you know what, that doesn't feel right for me. I don't want to be a receptionist because I, I sensed that the receptionist would really probably be 25, I mean, 75% of the time and the design would, you know, get scaled back to 25. So I took the leap and I went out on my own and I was very grateful because my boss at the firm at the time just literally handed me one project on a silver platter that kind of got me started and I ran with it and off and running and 25 years later, I um, am ending that career, that business. Okay, and where are you going now? I am... (laughs) I am retiring from design, and I am starting to do inspirational and motivational speaking, or I should say I've already started doing that. Um, My novel, I'm working on having that uh, turned into a screenplay. And so, you know, the fears I faced back then of deciding, oh, my gosh, am I going to have enough money uh, to, you know, leave that job, that stable job at the architectural firm, is some of the fears that came back up for me when I decided to, end this career as well. Um, you know, so it was a, a lot, a lot of the fears surrounded money. And so how, what techniques do you use to handle that doubt and fear when it comes up? Wow. Well, I've just, I've worked really hard to have faith in the universe, knowing that um, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm being guided and asked to pursue things that, um, help more people, um, you know, talk to the masses, communicate to the masses versus the design work that I'm doing. So I'm trying really hard to listen. And I think the biggest thing is just knowing that when it feels right, that everything is going to work out. Wonderful. There, there are lots of people right now that are starting over, lots of people that um, 
had an idea that life was going to go here and they were going to get this certain thing and then they would be done and there's no done. There's just this getting to move into a different realm. I, I listened today um, to Dwayne Dyer's talking about ordinary people that are stepping into the healing practice. And he was saying that, you know, Marianne Williams used to be a nightclub singer and Louise Hayes was a dancer and he was a teacher. And so these second phases of life are exciting, yet I know a lot of people are really afraid of that. What message would you have to them about calming that part of being able to start over again? I would say that I I think the biggest advice I can give is following your heart. When you kind of, you know, ask your ego to step aside and you listen to your intuition and you really follow your heart and go toward what feels good, what makes you happy, um, you know, what fills you with joy when you wake up to know that you're going to be working on something, um, whatever that is. I think if you move toward that, you're going to have that confidence that comes with it because it feels like it's all just kind of right. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It really yeah. feels good and right when you follow your heart and because there isn't resistance there. I think when there's fear and worry and doubt, self-doubt, that's when we have resistance. And when we make a decision and just, there's clarity behind it, um, it just kind of all flows and it just keeps moving you forward. And I continue to bounce all over the place. So, it, it's not working out as I thought it would when I first decided a couple years ago that I was going to end my design career. And I learned, though, the more that I just go with the flow of it and it kind of bounces me into one project and then it moves me into something else, the easier and the happier I am because I've, I've released the control. Yes. So the ability to be flexible is is helpful with that. You know, yes. um, we were just talking about that the that when you go to move forward, there's there's a past that you can look at, you can relate to that has some um, familiarity to it. It even has some substance that shows that there's evidence. When you're looking at where you're moving forward, the, it can seem like a blank wall. Do, have you ever felt that? And what have you used and done to, to help get through that? Because if you don't see there's rewards that are going to come from that, the brain doesn't really want to go there. I, I kind of sense, like when I feel like I'm going up against a wall, like if I feel the resistance of something pushing back, I kind of feel like either the timing's not right or it's not meant for me to go there at that time. And generally, I may end up um, you know, taking a different route and ending up at the same place, but there might be lessons that I've needed to learn, like along the way to get there. Okay. So, the reward I try to see the rewards as the lessons I'm learning, and have gratitude in each step of the way, instead of seeing that long-term focus of reward of I'm going to you know, make a certain amount of money or I'm going to land this specific client or job or whatever the case is. Uh, And that has worked well for me is trying to see, you know, the gratitude and following the breadcrumbs as that are going to get me to that end result. Is there any, is there any structure that you set up for evidence that, that you can do that? I mean, um, the unknown 
can present itself as um, so unfamiliar that a lot of people are afraid to move into it. Uh, yes, so, uh, I took it took me like two years, <laughs> uh-huh. like inching my way to the edge of that cliff, and then you know when I finally got to the point where my toes were actually hanging over, it was just kind of uh, that wow that that great faith that I found deep down to just leap, you know, to just decide, you know what, this makes me happy. I'm following this. This is where my joy is, and. Um, yeah, it's yeah. that's that's challenging. I think you just have to feel it inside with every like fiber of your being, um, and just jump, just leap. So this leap of faith that can bring joy and happiness is uh, is obtainable to anyone who wants to go out and seek it. And, yes, I and, think so. I think it's just taking the courage and releasing the fear and the control and all of those things that, you know, we've learned over the years, the self-doubt and finding ways to kind of release all of that, clear yourself. And one of the kind of techniques I use is I see it, like I try to think of the past as it's behind me. Like even, you know, I visualize it like I can't even see it in front of me anymore. It's behind me and then it just kind of fades to sand or dust and blows away. Um, so that way I don't allow the past events or things to affect my future. I'm only looking forward and trying to stay in the moment, which is really challenging. <laughs> that is a great, a great analysis to um, not even go back and, and look at it. I know that sometimes I've, I've um, looked at my past to see what I've learned from. And when right. I go in and to tell a story about my past, it's a learning tool to teach someone where to go next, but I never stay in that story. Yeah. So right. That could yeah, be. and and the visual for me, you know, as a designer, I I use a lot of visual exercises because that's where my mind goes. So seeing it literally like fade to dust or just crumble behind me and go away helps me tremendously. And when I'm doing things to move forward, I've actually kind of reached the point where. Like, I will see things in my mind. Uh, Some people use a pendulum for yeses and nos. I tend to see an X, for like a black X in my mind's eye. If I know Uh it's something that doesn't feel right, it automatically, like, now just kind of pops up. And I go, oh, okay. Or I see a green check mark. And so for me, that's a feeling of, okay, this feels right. I'm going to move forward. And I use that kind of technique with things from, you know, what I'm going to buy at a store to bigger decisions. So did that come natural for you or did you have to learn how to do that? I, that kind of developed over time, but once I started focusing on it, it's really kind of my go-to kind of thing. You know, like I mentioned, I use the pendulum as an example. Some people use the pendulum to, you know, ask questions as to whether they should do something, you know, for yes or no answers. And that's just kind of my quick snapshot of a way to do that is I just visualize in my mind's eye it's like oh it's either a black x or it's a green check mark and it helps me you know feel I guess a little more confident in moving forward that my intuition is kind of leading me that way uh, I, I like that um, you you actually listened and started practicing it and the more you did it it became a second nature to you. Yeah, I think any of those kind of things are, it's like building muscles, you know. Uh-huh. The more you use it, um, 
it just becomes second nature. It's like muscle memory. Wonderful. So you wrote in here what became apparent that it wasn't the mechanics of the business or the daily design details that needed to be adjusted. It was my inner world when you were deciding to seek a less stressful life. So what does um, what does that mean to adjust to one's inner world? Well, I think the biggest thing for me to realize was that I wasn't a victim of anything and that I needed to stop blaming other people for my issues. I needed to take responsibility for my own thoughts and actions Um, because, you know, so many times what we see in other people is really just a mirror of what we don't like in ourselves. So that was very telling for me to start seeing circumstances that were happening in my business a little bit differently. And I always kind of thought that I would find peace by changing outer things like, (laughs) you know, you described the, you know, the business details. And if I'm, you know, streamlined everything, everything would just run smoother and it would be more peaceful in my office. That didn't happen because I think peace is something we find inside. And once we find inside, then everything on the outside starts to flow that way. I, but I, totally I think agree. it's an easy yeah. tendency to look at it the other way around. Oh, I, I lived that life for a while where I was blaming everybody. It was everybody's fault. And I felt more and more out of control to do anything about my life. And when I start, first heard that I needed to take responsibility for my life, I was not happy and that no one else was to blame I was like you got to be kidding me this this happened to me because of this and this and this and and um, it was a struggle and it took a little while and then when I started to realize that once I took responsibility I could move it somewhere else yes yeah so it's nice to hear that somebody else goes there and I talk to the people about drama and how it doesn't just walk into your life you know we either create it we invite it you know, somehow we associate ourselves with it. And they just stared at me like, oh, no, that's not, that's not my fault. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to look at that because then it And I that. was in their shoes. <laughs> I, I was in the exact same place going, no, none of this is my fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I think most of all of us have been there. And that's an important thing for my listeners to understand that that everyone who's embarking on this search for peace and, and living an inspired life has – come from somewhere where they weren't living that. That's why we wanted something different out there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a journey. So then it it says, and when I embarked on a journey to find peace amid my clients' chaotic lives, I started to take responsibility right there for my thoughts, actions, and emotions. So, um, yes, and we were just talking about that. It wasn't really easy to take responsibility but you were able to do that, and then what kind of things happened from doing that? Well, first I needed to learn to say no to drama. Um, I needed to stop worrying about what other people thought of me, because all of those, Ooh. you know, those are kind of all fear-based type of things. Um, I, we already touched on this. I needed to stop blaming other people for my issues. I needed to release things from the past. Because they're in the past, you know, they couldn't affect me anymore. Um, another big one is I, I really had to work hard to shake off daily disturbances that were really non-events. And that's kind of part of the saying no to drama. Um, so those are think- all kind of things that I really had to work through. 
And the biggest thing was just becoming aware. You know, I like to say that awareness is like 50% of this battle that we Mm -hmm. kind of all go through in this, you know, awakening process is becoming aware of our actions and our thoughts and then starting to ask, like, why? Like, why did I feel that way? Why did I react that way? And I think that's when you start getting clarity because answers just come to you if you allow them, obviously. And you listen for them. So drama is real. (laughs) It's out there. (laughs) Or is it not? Or is it real? What is Um, drama? I think that that just depends on what space you're at in your life. Do you know what I mean? To a lot yes. of people, drama is very real. They are surrounded with it. Like, they feel like, you know, they're spinning in a room with it and there's no exit door in sight. Um, but once you really start becoming aware of the drama, it's easy to recognize it. If you just step back or envision yourself like flying over a room, you know, and you're looking down at a conference room where all this stuff is going on, and if you just envision yourself up above looking down, it gives you so much more clarity as to how unnecessary it all is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have some great stories you can share about seeing the chaotic drama around you as people were looking out externally outside themselves to find some gratification a lot of that is going on right now so what what really inspired you to look in what what was it was there a certain moment where you said I I can't live like this anymore or was it a gradual thing how was the process set up for you I think there were many moments along the way but I will say that I had one kind of aha moment when a client's precious little poodle peed on my pump and I just found myself like standing there in this state of not shock because it wasn't really surprised it was just a matter of myself thinking there has got to be more to life than this mm-hmm. and it really kind of was from there on I was like what is it that I'm trying to do here? What is my purpose in life? Where where am I going with all of this? So that was kind of the moment. I just really, wow, and just thought, wow, there's there's got to be more. And then the search was on. I was seeking truth. You were working for some high-end clients, you must have been surrounded with a a lot of money. Did you see a lot of happiness coming from that? Sadly, very little. Um, It's, you know, we, we tend to think that money buys happiness. I think we're kind of, you know, as a society, we see as kind of voyeurs looking into, whether it's movie stars or singers or whoever, you know, lives, that, oh my gosh, that that must be great, they must be so happy. But when you start working in that kind of realm, you see that there's so much unhappiness, and they're not even always sure why, um, because there's a lot of fear that comes with having money, whether they're going to lose the money, what other people are going to think about in the ways they've spent their money. I mean, it's just... Uh, you know, how people are going to perceive the way they look. Um, 
it, it was just, it's, it's eye-opening for me to look back with gratitude over how much I learned from all of my experiences through the years and all of the things that I'm going to be able to, you know, take with me moving forward um, because I learned some valuable lessons from all of that. <laughs> yeah, I I actually had a, an abundance of money at one point in time and um, people would say, oh, you've got to be so happy. You have everything you want. And it wasn't what I wanted. And it right. didn't make me happy. And I, I remember taking, well, I took a trip to Bali where a woman who was living in poverty was asking me to give her money because that would make her happy because she'd see all these people coming on vacation there that were happy and they had money. And I had explained to her that they were happy for that week. Mm-hmm. They worked and worked and worked and then they got there for that week and had happiness and then they went back into lives where there wasn't always that much happiness there because it didn't come it didn't come from the money. So there are a lot of people out there waiting for this or that that will make them happy. What would be your message to them when they're waiting for whether it be money or get the right relationship or have the right body, then I'll be happy. What would be your message to them about that? I truly believe that happiness comes from the inside. And I think it starts with loving ourselves. And then once we kind of love ourselves and we start to look at life, we see and think everything through the lens of love, that's what's reflected back to us. You know, so if we're, if we feel good about who we are on the inside, then we start, you know, doing good and being good and saying good. And then that, that all comes back to us. Wow. Yeah. What so you I think it's really reflects, important. Yeah. It, all, it, all, it all starts from the inside because we have everything we need inside of us to be happy. And so you've got to kind of clear out all the debris and the baggage, emotional baggage and all the things we drag around with us that make us feel heavy you got to clear it all out and let the light shine in, and then that's what, you know, shines back out. And generally, it's all about the love, and with love comes happiness and joy. Yeah, wonderful, the inner work. Um, You know, it it says here, by learning not to buy into the drama of others' daily disturbances, confronting my fears about money as well as success and letting go of past actions and issues, clarity stepped forth to light my way. When there are so much chaos going around around you, whether that be your family or when others are creating this chaos, how are you able to stay centered and not buy into their story? That's, that's challenging at times um, because, you know, people are used to you acting or us acting certain ways with them in relationships. I chose to end certain relationships that just no longer felt good or that, you know, I, I didn't, because I had moved away from drama when I was around friends who, you know, they brought drama in and they gossiped about everyone and it was all about, you know, the next shoes and jeans and things they were going to buy. And I just kind of weeded out relationships. And I, once I did that, you know, you kind of make room for new people to come in your lives who kind of have your same mindset, you know. Some people call them, you know, our tribe. And other cases, I just try to see the good in everyone, and I choose not to allow myself to 
get sucked into the drama. I just really kind of almost envision myself like from an observer's perch, you know. I'm, I can be in the room, but that doesn't mean I have to, um, I guess, let me put it this way. Even if everyone else is around me is on emotional overload, I know I don't have to be. I think so it's just I, a choice you make daily and you, you make in every moment. You just answered what I was going to say. So it is a choice. That's what yes. I'm hearing you say. It's a choice. And life is always a choice yes. on which path you take. Great. Um, so tell us a little bit about your book here, Complicated by Design. What Complicated is it, by uh, Design is a novel that actually, um, it's kind of like Eat, Pray, Love meets Trainwreck. <laughs> Sounds <like> delightfully <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and it is a combination of stories, I would say, based on my career over 25 years. And I started out writing it actually in that place of blaming others. And, um, and a lot of the book shows that. But by the time I finished it, I had come out on the other side. It was like the book was so therapeutic for me. And it allowed me then to put nuggets of wisdom kind of throughout the book of how this designer learns um, to accept responsibility, you know, for her own thoughts and actions. And, And as she's learning about who she is, her true authentic self, so it really, like I said, it's kind of eat, pray, love meets train wreck. There's a lot of crazy stories, um, but there's also some really, I think, um, kind of sage wisdom in there that um, appeals to people who maybe wouldn't buy a book at a metaphysical bookstore. Do you know what I mean? They haven't yes. been doing yoga for 20 years. Uh, the idea was to put it out there to the masses so they could kind of get a taste of it, almost like... It's acting like a bridge. Sounds like a real uh, real life The masses and trying to get them maybe to think about (laughs) other things in their life and and moving them into reading other types of books on spirituality, enlightenment, those type of things. Oh, what a nice bridge. That sounds really nice to bring in um, some uh, real life things into what, because sometimes, let's be honest, going into this mystical, metaphysical world can be a little bit... um, scary because it because we've been taught certain things about that so when you're being able to slowly move into it is a great way to move forward I like that you're saying you grew long you were writing this book you didn't wait until you got there to write it you're growing in it is that is that uh, a good way to move forward in life do we need to wait until we get that perfect thing before we do it I don't I don't think so I think um I think perfection is for me, I always feel like it's kind of has fear attached to it. I think that um, I just, I grew as the book progressed. And so I tried to find ways to show that growth um, to hopefully inspire other people. Yeah, um, because it's a hard great. process. And it's a great approach. I wanted it to show how you can really have come from one place and kind of find your way to another one where you end up much happier once you've kind of started to release the baggage and, you know, 
um, she's got a long ways to go, the heroine in the novel. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yes, <laughs> the heroine exactly. in our life has a long ways to go, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's not um, the fairy tale ending by any means. I think it's truthful and honest, and um, it's a pretty good snapshot of where a lot of people start out and where, you know, the potential is for them to go. Sounds like a lot of people will be able to relate to it on a personal basis. That uh, That's what always draws me into teachers and articles and books and things that I can relate to, not something that's out there that's presented itself as perfect, but something that's being created and put back together as, as it develops. Right, and I think if someone's not going to want to head into um, the metaphysical bookstore and choose something off of the shelf there. This is something that could maybe kind of get them there or at least get them to start questioning things that are going on in their own lives. Because I think that's so important. Once we start asking questions of ourselves, asking things out loud, like, why did I fear that? Why did I react that way? I think that's really when we start getting clear answers, um, which are so helpful. I, did, I, I think that's really important. I agree. So um, you are doing some other things here, um, teaching, um, doing, a, it looks like a, a screenplay maybe coming from your book. Is that correct? I am, um, I, I am working on a screenplay, yes. And I... Uh, would I, I envision it, I'm going to say it this way, I envision it on the big screen someday. Excellent. Well, that, I know that as a powerful creator you are, that you'll make that happen. Thank you. Yeah. So um, you do international and national speaking engagements as well as workshops? Is that um, something I'd like, actually I'd like you to share with us what you do there and where they can find out more about you? Um, they can go to my website, which is diatop.com. Um, that's D-E-E-I-A-T-O-P-P.com. Or it's easier to go to complicatedbydesign.com because that's a little easier to spell. <laughs> um, they can find me on Facebook and under Diatop. I'm on uh, Twitter as well. And I am doing inspirational and motivational speaking to help teach people how to design less complicated lives, how to kind of say no to drama, um, find more calm, less chaos. All of those type of things are in speech, speeches that I give as well as um, types of workshops that I'm doing. Wonderful. That's all going to lead you to um, having a more peaceful life. So, yeah, I'm so glad what you're doing for the community and the world in general. Would you have one message you'd like to leave with my guests before we, we say goodbye? I do. I think that if everybody can start to learn that their ego is that little voice in their head, and if they can kind of, you know, put a dimmer on that and turn that down, the volume down on that, at the same time that they're turning up a light in their head or their heart, um, because that is where our intuition is. That is where we find our peace is inside by listening to that, that um, inner knowing that we all have. And it's completely separate from that voice that tells us that we look fat in those jeans and, um, 
you know, that we shouldn't eat that. And I think once people start to become aware of the difference, that really is a quick way to bring peace into their lives. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being my guest today. And Thank um, you for having me. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's wonderful to learn more about you. And I and ask my listeners to go and, and research what she's doing. And uh, it sounds like this book would be very inspiring and um, full of humor as well. So go to one more time where they can find you. And- Diatop.com or complicatedbydesign.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter um, under Dia Top. Wonderful. Thank you, Dia. Thank you, well, Christy. All right. We've got just a minute left here to talk about what we will be doing next week. Um, so next week we're going to be looking at that part of feeling like you belong in the hierarchy. And right now, to have some structure and order, I want to leave with you a little thing you can do. Go in and look at something in your life that's chaotic in your home that you could change. If it's just taking a drawer and cleaning it out, you know that one that's got a 50, 100 pins in there or whatever that when all the trash goes into and the pins go in. And when your friends come over and you ask for a pin, you pull it out and there's all these pins. Maybe go through and eliminate some of those. Um, look at where you can start creating um, some structure. Clean out a closet. I know these things sound silly, but they actually train the brain to start having some structure. And when you can have that structure, then you can move forward up on the hierarchy because you can have a pattern that's being formed and um, not having chaos around you. So we're going to um, be talking next week about um, belonging and uh, to stop that destructive feeling of feeling like you don't belong and that you're alone. And, of course, until then, you can go to soulhealerspath.com and sign up for one of the courses that I am teaching there that will help you work with these elements and, my, and, and the hierarchy. Next week's guest is, is going to be Ann Washburn. Ann Washburn, Ann is a dynamic and inspiring speaker and mentor who gives over 2,600 presentations throughout the country along with TED Talks on body language. She changes lives through an inspiring story of going from messy to mastery as a depressed mom with a fancy degree to successful mentor and trainer. The techniques she shares are simple and down-to-earth, and her success comes because they do work. Anne speaks from experience. Her wide experiences based has prepared her to work with everyone from executives, professionals, and civic leaders to nonprofit organizations, religious leaders, holistic experts, and even parents and teachers. She says, taking the opportunity to learn life-enhancing secrets from the great teacher, trainer, and mentor, Anne Washburn. I'm really looking forward to having her there. She's actually one of my mentors. So um, we will be talking about living an inspired life. And until then, I'm going to ask you to go to soulhealerspath.com, look at which one of those paths you want to take. Um, go in and leave your email so you can see the newsletter because I'm going to be putting some inspiring stories on there and YouTube videos that are changing the planet right now so you can learn more. That is my purpose here, to create an inspired life through taking shattered pieces of your life and putting it back together. Can't wait for you to join me next week. Until then, namaste. This is Chrissy Allen, The Mosaic Shop. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. 
Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.